Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thanks for listening to Danny and Dusty On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Is your heater safe? Why replace it when Service Patriots can restore it? Get their $59 27-point furnished tune-up and safety check, including a free 1-inch filter. They'll also check your AC for free. Go to servicepatriots.com. The Oregon State Beavers have hit the bye week, and they are in good standing in the Pac-12 race that is going to be as tight as it gets down the stretch, sitting right now 6-1 on the season, 3-1 in conference play, and the 12th-ranked team in the country. And to talk about the Beavs, we bring on the owner of BeaverBlitz.com, part of the 24-7 CBS Sports family, Angie Machado, kind enough to join us. Hey, Angie, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing I'm fa- you guys, but it's just you today. <laughs> it, it is just me today, but I'm great. I'm fantastic. You know, this Oregon State team uh, hitting the bye at six and one. I mean, obviously, seven and zero would be the the perfect way to to hit the bye. But we know that the conference is going to be a meat grinder through and through. As you sit there and you have assessed the way that this team has come along. Um, where do you think the Beavs are as far as what the preseason expectations were and now that we have crossed over that midway point of the season and hit the bye? Uh, have they kind of met those expectations, exceeded them? I, I don't think you can say they, they fell short because they've been pretty pretty impressive so far. Yeah, I mean, this is basically where I had them, you know, heading yeah. into the bye week uh, preseason. Um, you know, I, I, looking at this team and where they are, um, their schedule seemed very favorable. Um, I, I think that this is really where expectations are. And then you look at that Washington State game to have, you know, a three-point loss to a team that now has kind of fallen off, but at the time played their best ball. I mean, Cam Cam Ward looked Heisman-like in that game, and uh, Oregon State played one bad half of defense and uh, they have that one loss. But bye week is perfect time right now. Oregon State's kind of bumped and bruised. They need to get better. Um heal and then also you know really look at how to I think offensively they've kind of fixed some things but defensively they've maybe regressed in in like run stopping so I think there's some some work ahead to do there yeah I I mean one thing that uh, I think that Washington State game the questions that we had about what that secondary would look like you know when you have to replace three-fourths of it those questions were heightened after Washington State but in the ensuing weeks after, we've seen that unit kind of do a 180 and really tighten things up. What have you seen as far as the biggest growth from that point to where we're at right now? Yeah, and I also think that's one of the problems that Washington State is having is that that second that second half up in Pullman, I think Trent Bray kind of gave the blueprint on how to yep. stop them. So um, I think that has been another big issue. But yeah, I think 
that that first half, like you said, that exposed a lot um, of organized secondary. But for them to flip it around, and now for you know, I didn't think I'd be saying it, but the secondary is really the strength of the defense right now um, at the at the midway point of the, of the season. All right, uh, the offensive line, we knew it was going to be really good. Josh Gray preseason had a ton of hype and was catching a lot of headlines, as was Jake Levengood, the center. But at right tackle, Talese Fuaga, he's a guy that is now vaulting up draft boards. And he was kind of the guy who was flying under the radar on this offensive line, but everybody knew how good this unit was going to be. At 6'6", 334 pounds, I mean, he is an absolute monster. And what he's doing to guys on the edge is just, I mean, he's just crushing people. It's like a highlight film almost every single week. What has been the the biggest kind of stride he's taken in his growth to being a very good offensive lineman to now? There's draft prognosticators that are saying he could be a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, Tolly has been one of those guys that, Gosh, I think this is what two and a half years starting for him. Um, not really unexpected, but like you said, all the, the attention had been on Levengood and, and Gray. I would actually say right now, Tolly and Tanner Miller are the two stars of that line. Um, you know, Tanner Miller's a walk-on of all mm-hmm. things, but has filled in nice when when needed at center and at, at guard. So um, Tolly is just, I think, just feeling comfortable. And I think you look at across the board. You know, these guys are playing. They're not thinking. They're just able to make plays, make their calls, make their reads. And, uh, you know, maybe while media and, and other teams are focusing on other guys. Now, now that probably changed now in the, the second half of the season as more and more attention has been drawn to him. But, you know, I think just the comfort in the offense and, and the confidence in their play. So I think that's one of the biggest things, especially for an offensive lineman. Um, it's just the confidence in the system. And, you know, once again, I think Jim Holacek has just shown not only to be a great evaluator of talent, but just what he's done developing these guys and then the stable he has behind these guys. So, um, it, it's been fun to watch the progression. Can you shed some light on the relationship between DJ and Aiden Childs? Because I don't think that a lot of quarterbacks across the country, especially a guy who was a five-star recruit and now he he transfers out of Clemson and comes to, to Oregon State, a lot of those guys in that profile of DJ wouldn't be you know, working – hand in hand with a freshman who's coming in and they're giving him a series in the first quarter and second quarter. But we've seen immense growth uh, in Aiden Childs, especially on that this past week when he throws a touchdown and he scans across the entire field. Can you kind of shed some light on their relationship and, and how DJ and Aiden are kind of working together in this system um, that Jonathan Smith is, is curated? Yeah, you know, I think it goes right back to the the type of players that Jonathan Smith brings in. And, you know, you've been around DJ, I've been around DJ, and the biggest thing that strikes me is just how selfless he is and how humble he is. Um, you know, a big, flashy, me-first guy is not going to fit in Corvallis, is not going to fit with Coach Smith and what he's trying to do. But you're right, it's been so – it's been fun to watch kind of the mentorship that DJ's kind of taken Aiden under his wing. And um, Aiden is a huge talent. I mean, I would – I you know, I, I came into – mid-August saying that Aiden was right neck and neck with, with DJ at the time. So um, this is a guy that's, that's nipping at his heels. They need to have him ready. You know, they need to have him game ready because you just, you're one injury away from needing him to go in and, and run the, run the show. So um, what's fun to watch is like the interaction between series, you know, DJ's in, he comes off the field and he's talking to, you know, he has a headset on and he's talking to Aiden. Aiden goes in and he comes out and DJ's kind of helping him with some things. I think he's acting as a mentor and a coach right along with 
um, you know, kind of telling him what he's seeing and uh, it's, it's helping. But um, I do think it's important. You know, there's been some talk, you know, if you see the message board light up, is DJ hurt? And no, this is going to be something we see going forward is, is Aiden getting usually the third series um, and sometimes, you know, one other one throughout the game. But um, just it's fun to watch those kind of unself, the selfless players that are able to uh, help bring the younger guys along. Along that same line, like it is really hard to do when I'm kind of going through those mid season, you're at the halfway point of the season. Who's the MVP offensively and defensively for the Beavs? Because it has been a uh, defensively. Collection. It. Yeah, you're right. And, and I, I would say defensively Easton Mascarenas kind of stands out to me yeah. as, as the guy um, just being that middle linebacker. He's, he's grown a ton. Um, I think Sione Lolahe is kind of right there too, but I think I would, if I had to give my midseason, I'd say uh, Easton Mascarenas defensively. Offensively, I've got to go with, with uh, DJ. I, I think what he's done, the growth he has had, um, it's never easy transferring schools, especially with the um, kind of the, the lure hanging over him of what he was. I mean, he was the number two prospect in the country when he came out of high school behind Bryce Young. So, um, you know, hugely recruited, huge expectations on him. And then to kind of have to come to a spot and reinvent himself and learn an imp- completely different offense, um, I just think it speaks volumes. And I, I, just being around him, it, I'm blown away every time. Just the humbleness of him, um, the way he is with the media, what he is with other players. He's never been a me first. He's kind of taken a back seat and uh, kind of let it come to him. And I, I, I just think how DJ plays. You know, last year we said the Beavs were – um, a better quarterback away from winning one or two more games. And I think we're seeing that better quarterback and what it's translating to this year with DJ. Can you, is it safe to say too that kind of quarterback is obviously one place where they've improved that room and they've improved that position and that raises your ceiling a little bit more, but one of the places that this Oregon state team is better is playing with expectations now, because it, it seemed at times that there was kind of that last year it was, this is still new to us, but now it feels like they have this understanding of what the expectations are of this season. And they're okay with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it, it, it is, it's a, it's a different mindset, you know, from playing kind of as that underdog mentality to playing with the, with the target on your back and, and being able to handle that pressure. And I do think Oregon state is able to, it's not, it, it isn't that uh, maybe that mentality of, Oh my gosh, look at, we're six and one. It is. Yeah. We expect to be six and one. We expect to be seven and oh, and um, you know, playing with that, like I said, target on their back. So um, sometimes that can be harder and sometimes teams can't handle that. But, you know, I think that is a credit to coach Smith and the coaching staff. You know, we, we talk about coach Smith being so even keel and maybe sometimes that you'd like to see him more, have more emotion. But I think that kind of that steady Eddie that he is, is helping this team now, you know, he's not too high. He's not too low. Um, and the team reflects that in, in their actions. What are the guys like, I mean, just thinking of guys like, I don't know, Isaac Hodgins, right? Who has seen, had a front row seat to what this program can be. Uh, and he he came in in 2018. What are these seniors thinking of this turnaround and, and, and seeing it now, kind of the vision of Jonathan Smith and what the, where the program was just five years ago? Yeah, I mean, those guys, some of those, you know, fifth and sixth year seniors are, are have been there, like you said, from when I, I have never seen a culture so low in all my time. I mean, I've covered college football now for 17 years and where Oregon State was when Coach Smith came in as far as a team culture and kind of an, I mean, I heard from parents left and right how their kids just hated football. 
they didn't even know if wow. they wanted to play anymore. And, and to be now where they are, where it is team first, it is this brotherhood. And like, you know, I kept looking at the, at the roster thinking, okay, some of these guys are going to transfer. They're just not yeah. getting the minutes, but they love the program so much. They love the team um, that they stick it out. And I, I think that, like I said, is a huge, it's, it's a huge feather in the cap for coach Smith, but it's also the type of players they bring in, um, you know, the recruiting and, and they are, you know, recruiting rankings are going up and, and we're seeing better classes, but Oregon State is doing a really good job identifying guys that, that fit the mold, that want to be beavers. You know, you, you look at like a Josh Gray and the story of him that, you know, he was this 230-pound lineman. Oregon State had offered him early at a camp, and he'd been, you know, Coach Cristobal at Oregon at the time had recruited him a little bit, never an offer. Coach Cristobal offered him in the, like, last second, right, the night before signing day. <laughs> and uh, Josh stayed with Oregon State. He kind of, he was offended that, you know, why would you come in at the, the last second? And and now to see these guys really flourishing and proud of, of where they've come. And um, it's a huge testament. And, and like I, I can tell you stories anecdotally of current players who are getting offered a lot of money from other schools, NIL money. Um, and they stay in Corvallis because they feel like they're getting taken care of and, and they love the, the climate and the atmosphere. And one more thing before, before we let you go, because it is noticeably different in Research Stadium. With, now that the other side is complete, it is a big time venue, and with the product that is in there, the roars that you hear in Reeser now, when you, you, you it's it's noticeable on TV. What is that environment like when you are there week in and week out now, seeing this this kind of vision that has been completed to where Oregon State at one point was kind of mocked by by their facilities in the recruiting world, and now they're top notch. Yeah, it's it's funny. I mean, we, we talk about kind of the best stadium environments in the Pac-12. And I mean, I think Utah's up there. I think Oregon's up there. But I think Oregon State, Washington are, are kind of right in there as well. So I, I don't know. I have a long history. I was a student there in the 90s. So I was there during the, you know, the little berm and bleachers on one side. And <laughs> I was there as a fundraiser in the early 2000s. So I was part of the fundraising team that helped with the raising research of the first side. And, and to see it finally come full circle. I mean, this is what Dennis Erickson and Bob DeCarolis kind of had as a vision for the finished stadium. It, it took a while longer than I think they anticipated, but you know, that was coach Erickson's big thing. He wanted that stadium to be kind of up and down, having the sound right there on top of the opponents. And, um, you know, I, I think that's been accomplished and you're right. I mean, I've heard stories of guys and, and friends of mine that are off campus, you know, down Greek row and they can hear the roar at freezer stadium. So, um, it's, it's impressive. And, it, it just goes. I mean, now now Oregon State just needs to find a conference home because right. uh, it's it's a shame that uh, that you know that college atmosphere that top top fifteen program is is still kind of flailing in the wind right now. But hopefully that that comes to play here in the next month or two, and um, Oregon State can continue uh, rocking Reeser. Well, they got the bye this week, and then you got Arizona, Colorado, Stanford before. The the gauntlet to end the season, UW and a trip to Eugene for the Oregon Ducks to round out the season. Angie, thank you so much for the time. We were always appreciated, and it was great catching up with you again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dusty. There she is, Angie Machado, beaverblitz.com. Uh, go to Beaver Blitz. Check out all of the work that uh, her and her entire staff do. It's uh, it's great content, great stuff at beaverblitz.com. You can follow Angie on Twitter at Angie Machado one as well to keep up on all things Beavs. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.